are two new priests, two great stories. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, and on May 28th, Bishop Thomas John Paprocki ordained two new priests for our diocese, Father Paul Asupati and Father Zach Samples. It was a beautiful day, and these two are ready to embark on a new vocation. They join us today on Dive Deep. Father Paul, Father Zach, congratulations. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. We can't wait to get into your stories to the priesthood because... There's some good stories. And before we get to that note, a quick note for listeners. If you enjoy listening to Dive Deep and would like to financially support our efforts to continue to share these great stories we have from the diocese, go to dio.org slash give. That's dio.org slash give. Father Zach, your first assignment is over in Quincy, the Church of St. Peter. Father Paul, you will be at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Springfield. Yep. Two great parishes to start your new vocation. Uh, Father Zach, we're going to start with you. You grew up in Mount Zion. Um, but interestingly enough, t- and tell us about your story, things started uh, kind of changing in your head about the priesthood when you went to Eastern Illinois University. So kind of, you know, take us a little bit to your your upbringing and then sure. ultimately what happened at EIU. Sure. Um, well, the first time I thought about priesthood, I was in fourth grade. Uh, I was an altar server. And we had this young, energetic priest assigned to our parish. And every time I would serve, he'd be like, Zach, you should be a priest. You should be a priest. And I was always like, uh, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I, I didn't really think that was You were like Bishop Apraki who said he was like three years old when no, he knew he wanted to be a priest. Ex- exactly. <laughs> but it was enough to have have a seed planted, you know, and so the seed was definitely planted and something I definitely considered growing up. Um, but really I had put it on the back burner and turned the heat off. That's basically <laughs> what I always say. Uh, but then when I got to Eastern, uh, after high school, um, and I got involved with the Newman center right away, uh, there at, at Eastern. And I remember the first Sunday I was in Charleston, I went to mass at the Newman center there and I introduced myself to the priest who was father John Titus at the time. And the first words out of his mouth were not, hi, how are you? Where are you from? The first question was, well, have you thought about priesthood? <laughs> Uh, so it was like, hi, I'm Zach. Well, have you thought about priesthood? That's basically how it went. Uh, so my the six years I spent in Charleston were uh, very formative for my faith uh, in general, but especially in terms of what I might do with my life. Um, I so I, what was your major at EIU? What was the plan? The original plan was I was going to be a teacher. And that plan changed, you know, six times by, by the time I left. But the original plan was I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to teach high school. I thought really the only subject I could teach was history. So I was going to be a history teacher. Uh, that was my initial plan. But as I was working there, or as I was a student there, I started working on campus. And I realized, oh, you can make a living out of this. Um, so about halfway through, I changed my major just to plain history. I dropped the education part. And I decided I was going to work in a university setting, like as an administrator. So, But it was at that same time that I was getting active at the Newman Center and really growing in my faith through Bible studies and mission trips and the Knights of Columbus and all sorts of other service opportunities there. And my faith really grew and discernment really uh, was always there. And the thought of priesthood was always there. And getting to know Father John and seeing the priesthood lived out beautifully and well through his life uh, really served as an inspiration to me uh, and other men who were uh, discerning priesthood at the same time together in our community there. So was was there a, was there a moment, like, did you graduate and then go straight to seminary? And, and was there, was there this, I mean, some people have a moment, yeah. some people have a gradual, sure, what, what did you sure. have where all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I, I had a gradual moment, okay. <laughs> if I could put it that way. It definitely was growing as time 
went on. Um, but I started dating about halfway through my time at Eastern and, and we, I had a very happy, healthy, strong relationship with a girl I met at the Newman Center. And so not only then was thoughts of priesthood on the back burner, but the back burner was turned off. <laughs> you know? It was turned off again. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> not just down low, it was turned off, you know, but, but still priesthood was still, I can't totally say that because priesthood was still kind of there. Uh, but I was graduating from undergrad and uh, this was my senior year at Eastern. And uh, I had been accepted to grad school at Eastern um, for a degree in higher ed because I wanted to be a university administrator, I thought. Um, that was two years, so a two-year program. So I'd been hired for a job at, on campus. I had, I had signed a lease. I'd been accepted into grad school. I had two more years, and so did uh, my girlfriend at the time. She had two more years. So all my stars <laughs> were aligned, you know. Um, but I remember it was Holy Week, and Holy Week was kind of late that year. It was pretty close to graduation. And uh, my girlfriend and I went to um, the Newman Center for Adoration on Holy Thursday at the Altar of Repose. And I remember there were only three people in the room. It was Father John was on one side, I was in the middle, and my then girlfriend was on the other side. And I always say that I was between the devil and the angel, you know. <laughs> and uh, walking in, I had it all figured out. You know, the stars were aligned. Everything was figured out. And then God started uh, laughing at you. Exactly. <laughs> and walking out, I had the biggest sense of unease and feelings oh. of I didn't have this figured out that I'd ever had in my life up to that point. Wow. I didn't know at that moment that that meant priesthood but I knew it meant something and I, and I didn't really know what that was. So, uh, it took basically the summer to sort of figure that out. And, and basically it was, okay, what I need to do is go to seminary. What I need to do is give discerning priesthood a very serious, um, thought and prayer and discernment more so than I had done up to that point. I did decide to go ahead and go to grad school, uh, just in case, you know, something fell through and just to really give me the time to make sure that this is the direction I, I feel that I'm being called to head into. Plus, I knew I needed to take the time to break the news to the family and to the friends and to the then girlfriend. And I knew that was going to take some time. So I fin went ahead and went to grad school, worked my job for a couple of years, and then I went to seminary after that. Okay. Now, Father Paul, you're a Kenyan by nationality. Uh, so your road, you have also a very interesting road, not only to the priesthood, but of course, somehow ending up in the Diocese of Springfield. Right. Father Jeff Grant, pastor at Blessed Sacrament in Springfield, played a role in you coming here. So just like Father Zach, take us back to your to your upbringing and, and you know, kind of the things you were doing, which ultimately then led you to, here we are as Father Paul. Yeah, uh, I'm Father Paul Lesupati. Uh, I can trace my vocational, you know, journey when I was still young. I must say that we are more or less the same age, and I was an altar server. By then, we were still young, around at grade four. That's the time, and I didn't know really what I was doing, but I was just like imitating these guys. <laughs> I remember the most important part of the mass that, uh, you know, I saw the priest, you know, celebrating and lifting the Holy you know, Eucharist, and I remember, you know, serving, imitating, impostering a priest among the kids, you know, and we have cookies. Well, you call it cookies, yeah, but for British English, they call biscuits. Biscuits. So I used to line up the kids and say, guys, line up. It's the time for communion. <laughs> so we, we were like imitating like small priests, you know. So you were, play, you were playing mass. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was playing mass. So, <laughs> so that was the time really, you know. What did you use for wine? Well, no wine. It's only well, hot. I know. Did you use like <laughs> apple juice? See, I'll, I'll, when I played mass as a kid, I used Seven Up. That was my way of drink, being able to drink pop and get away with it. Okay, go, with, sorry, with, with us, we didn't have. Uh, we, you know, it was not common in my area. 
but at least for biscuits or well we call it british english biscuit but it's cookies okay. so that's one of the thing that because it's a whitish you know we were not really <laughs> sure about the holy you can say oh you see what father you shall use okay now guys we have to celebrate <laughs> and you have to line up so everybody was just lining up there you know receiving so i, I can say that's that's the the the, the beginning of my mm-hmm. education so i didn't know really what god had So after my high school I went to secondary school St Paul Secondary School run by the La Salle brothers. Still in Africa? Yes. Okay. Still in Africa. And when I was there I had this interest. I was still serving like an altar server even in high school and uh, from then I didn't really know what God, you know, I wanted to become a priest, but I wanted to become a religious priest, not diocesan. So uh while I was there you know i was still designing when i finished my high school uh uh i went to nairobi to stay with uh, one of my in-laws and while i was there i enrolled myself uh uh with uh, social security uh, social community development which is to become like a social worker so i i took a college for almost like two years but while i was still in school there i remember one day i was like walking you know in uh, one of the big churches and i just came across the franciscan and the sign was called peace so i was really attracted by the word peace hmm. i didn't know the franciscan so i said well who are these guys and i recall our priests back at home they used to you know during uh, holidays during summer they used to we watch uh, movies about uh, francis Uh, uh, and the song brother sun sister moon so and i was like franciscan <laughs> let me just get to know who are these guys but what really attracted me is the peace amani in swahili it's called amani so i knocked and i went there and i i met an elderly priest he was an american may the lord rest his soul in peace i still remember he was called roy kogegan So now he's already deceased but he was buried in Kenya. He had a great great love for for the Kenyan people. So he decided he say no I need just to be buried. So I spoke with him. I told him about my background and he shared with me about uh, you know Francisca. He said you know we have three families. We have OFM, we have Capuchin and we have Conventual. So you can go pray the sun. These are the addresses. Apply to any hmm. among them. So I ended up applying to the OFM. So they accepted me. I designed with the Franciscan. Now how old are you at this point? Well, I was uh, already like 20. Okay. 20 years. I I just graduated from from uh, my social social uh, community, you know, as a social work. So I was already like, you know, because I I there's something which was thrill pushing me. I wanted to become a priest. And like what Zach was saying, There are some priests already even some parishioners say you know Paul you can make a very good priest. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like I said well I don't know but you know so uh, they accepted me. So uh I got chance I was invited I was in Tanzania for my postulancy. I went to Novosibirsk in Uganda. I discerned with the with the Franciscan for a couple years until I graduated, you know, with a, a degree in philosophy. Back in uh, Lusaka, Zambia. So by then God surprised us in different ways. During that time I was almost to make 
I was preparing to make my perpetual vow or solemn vows. Uh, during that time, I retreated. I say, well, wait. Hmm. I think God is not really calling me to become a religious. And I remember speaking with my spiritual director. I said, no. That takes courage. Yes. You yes. know, because you, you've, you've been through the process. Yes. You, you're, you're already there. You're on the cusp. Yeah. And, you know, to recognize that and, and to still, you know, follow through with it. Because yeah. obviously we, when it comes to vocations, you can never, you have to be 100% in. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, what really, you know, I look, I said, well, yeah, I know I will make this for the rest of my life. But, you know, I saw the life is beautiful. But something really told me, no, I need really to listen. I need really to take a break. And the good news is that I had a very good spiritual director whom really I shared with him. He was journeying with me, and he told me, you know, Paul, you might even go into religious life, but you are not going to be happy. Hmm. There is something also I saw among some of the religious life there. People are there, but they are not happy. So why? What's the reason why of me being there right. and I'm not happy? Yeah. So uh, I remember during that time, I went and I spoke to my local bishop, you know, back in my Marsabi diocese. That's my home, home uh, diocese. And I spoke with my bishop, as usual. Bishops are shepherds. They listen, but they tell you, you know, my son, go pray. The son, listen to the, the spirit. Listen to the, you know, the son. Because if God is still wants you to come, you are welcome. So I remember that time, I went back to my spiritual director. I spoke to my spiritual director. I said, you know, uh, Father, I think I've made up my mind. I think I need to go back to my home diocese and serve. I want to become a diocesan. I don't want to become a religious. Okay. So he told me, you know, Paul, that's good, but kindly give yourself a break. The son again, another process again. He told me, the son again, don't because you just out of religious life, Going to the diocese, uh oh, you need to give yourself a break. Just pump the brakes a little bit here. Yes. So, so at this moment now, um, I, I, when, when does because I know you met Father Father Grant. That's at, now Franklin, where, and that's, that's this is where it hit. Yeah, that that's now up. where. Okay. So during that time, already because I had a background with social work, so I was telling, he told me, you know, you can still go back, work, get some experience, discern, pray. If God wants you really to go back, he will find his own way. So that's the time now. And I think this is something that I can still say that it's God's providence. Father Jeff came as a God providence to me because I have never thought that one day I will meet an American priest in a mid-desert, a very hot condition, they can ration any other, you know, electricity, but they will never ration flies and wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hardship area. So uh, during that time, you know. Uh, so, Fa a, so Father Jeff was kind of, was this kind of like a mission trip for him? He came as a sabbatical. Sabbatical, He okay. came for his sabbatical area. But before, before I met Father Jeff, you know, I applied one of, you know, uh, so I had, uh, you know, Jesuit refugee services uh, running, uh, a project in conjunction with UNHCR down in Kenya in one of the biggest 
refugee camp. I think even in Africa, and it's uh, in northern part of Kenya. And Jesuit refugee services were specifically dealing with counseling, special need, education, and safe heaven. All these inclusive the refugees. And I remember applying for position for social work, and I was the only male. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in hot demand. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I applied, and uh, I did an interview through uh, Skype, because they say, no, we need uh, to do Skype. So I did an interview, and among the five, there were four ladies, and I was the only man. <laughs> so so I, and they, I, I was taken. They said that, oh, you are the best, so come over. So by the time I went there, I stayed there for like one and a half years. Then Father Jeff arrived. And you guys just kind of hit it off, or and, yeah. and and then and then what did he do? Ultimately, he left. He's like, "Hey, you should you should come come no, check out." No, 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 no. <laughs> this this how the story goes. So when he arrived, my project director asked me, "Paul, will you mind to help Father Jeff to take him around the camp?" I said, "Oh, sure. Why not?" But Father Jeff never knew anything. So I took Father Jeff. I said, "Father, okay, let us go." So where I was working as a social worker, I was working in counseling department where we arrived new arrivals from. South Sudan, Ethiopia, Somali, Northern Burundi, Congo, Somali, refugees, the first arrival. People are arriving where they are really, really exhausted. Some are traumatized. Kids are malnourished. So, and there are tents. You know, the Jesuit refugee services and UNHCR, there are different tents within, uh, within the camp. So what I was doing when I went with Father, so I was like, you know, meeting them, talking with them, asking them, what can we do for you? Have you got uh, assistance? Uh, can we do, uh, if somebody is sick, we do referral. So I, like, I just said, she list, okay, what can I do? Oh, my child is, uh, I've not got vaccination. Okay, then I give a call, the IRC, because IRC, they're the ones who are dealing with medical issues. If they don't have beddings, NCCK, they were the ones who were dealing with beddings, everything. If malnourished, you know, UNICEF. So I was like going around making sure that they, the services are there. And our mission for Jesuit refugee service were three things, which is I really love it and I have adapted, I have adapted it even in my life now to serve, to accompany, and to advocate for refugees. We are there. It's not only that I collect data. I am there to serve them, to listen to them. I am there to accompany them in their struggle, in their sickness, and take them to the service area. And the third one is to advocate for them, to advocate for them to talk on their behalf because they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. No one is talking, even to UNHCR, because some of them, they have security issues. So they cannot talk because they are traumatized. So my duty there was like, okay, I do referral. I call units, your officers. I say, okay, we have this person, this and this and this. Kindly, he needs immediately some safe heaven or, you know. So so, so, so pick it up then where, where you're having now a conversation with Father Jeff and the priest that entered the pictures and, and, and how ultimately you ended yes. up back here in Springfield. So, so from there now, Father Jeff looked at me at the end. He said, oh, Paul. You are more than just a social worker. <laughs> have you been a priest before? I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Father, I have never been a priest before. 
So that's now Father Jake became so interested with me and he was like following me in, and he was celebrating mass for me. Actually, I was so much, what really brought me back again to my vocation is the presence of Father Jeff, his prayer life, his service to the people of God there. It's a new place. He used to celebrate mass for us and I used to serve. I went again back to serving. <laughs> <laughs> I was staying outside. So what really... Except no, no more cookies, the real thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 one day Father Jeff told me, Paul, I, I would love to join, you know, to join you and to go to different uh, camps fixing people. So when we were walking, it was during afternoon. We were coming back for lunch. I said, Father, kindly, I would like to share with you about my spiritual journey. Okay. So that's where now I said, Father, I discerned with the Franciscan. But I spoke with my bishop back at home that, you know, I needed to go back. I want to become a diocesan, but I don't know. I am here still discerning to listen to the voice of God, serving these people, and I will let the Holy Spirit do his work. And he told me, you know, Paul, that is true. Pray. Just say, let the will of God be done in your life. And then he said, come to Springfield. No, 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 no. So it's from there. Actually, then I would tell me, oh, so you have been a Franciscan. I saw something in you. That's the reason why you are not just like a social worker. You have some, you know, or raise some background. I say yes. So, you know, that's the time now he told me, okay. Then he shared me, told me, oh, by the way, you know, we have a seminarian, Father Peter Shineke. He's now a Father Peter Shineke. He said, oh, by the way, yeah, we have a seminarian from Nigeria. And uh, Paul, I will not, I will not promise you. But if you still have that calling, you are discerning. Pray. But I will connect you with our vocation director, Father Alfred Brian. Talk with him. Share with him about your your spiritual journey. And I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's how now I came into connection with the Diocese of Springfield. Through, I started contacting Father Alford, you know, email, 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 until Father Alford one day told me, you know what? I think Monsignor, Vicar General, will love to meet you. Come down here. We need to meet you. We need to see you and talk with you. So, yeah, so and that's... The rest of, I love you say, just come down here. That's only a 15-hour flight across a giant ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, that's so fascinating, Father yeah. Paul. All right, so Father Zach, I know we picked up your story on the seminary. So now here you are as a priest. When you look back on your seminary life, what goes through your mind? Oh, goodness. Uh, it was six years of joys and ups and downs and all all sorts of good things and struggles and just a whole in some ways it was a blur in some ways it feels like it was five minutes in some years in some ways it feels like it was 15 years it was just uh, it was just a really great experience at a really good place that really gave me and Paul we were both together there for four of those years we were together uh, gave us the tools necessary to enter into this life uh, through a lot of prayer through a lot of ministry experiences through uh, work in the classroom and and I think really where a lot of that formation work happens is really just in the community and getting to know guys and our classmates and and the men who become not just classmates but really and not just friends even often we really do feel like a family. Um, 
that where we form each other and grow together. Uh, we're all pursuing the same goal uh, that gets expressed in different ways because we're all unique people, but we're, we're still headed in that same direction. So working together and growing together uh, and forming those lifelong bonds is, is really part of the biggest part that really sticks out um, and, is those relationships. And Father Paul, when, when you came over, I mean, what was it like for you being away from family? I know English, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're learning a language and, and how to adapt to the American culture. Was that, I mean, did you go through maybe more struggles than I'll say someone like Zach, because you're, I mean, geez, you're, you're a half a world away. Yeah. I, I must say that uh, it really, yeah, I, I, you know, I will not say that I'm blank, blank, totally not knowing English. I can speak English. I can speak British English, but it was a bit, you know, like in, in class, it was really a bit for me to get to get the accent, mm-hmm. American accent. So I remember like my early weeks, uh, you know, it was really like, oh my, <laughs> will I really? Then the system also, you know, that's another thing. But I must say that I am so much grateful to St. Meinrad community because the good news is that then St. Meinrad, we have English practicums or English, you know, just to help us, especially international students, to get really to acquainted with the, you know, with the English accent, and also not only the English accent, but also to integrate ourselves to the culture. And I remember when I was speaking with Father Alford about uh, about uh, Saint Meinrad, the first thing that really I wanted really to get you is the culture of the people. I need really to get into it. And my brother seminarians, you know. My brother seminarians, the ones we have been together with them, it was really a great time because I was, you know, we had we hung out together with them just to be there with them to get to acquitted myself and get the accent, the American accent, at least to help me to minister to the people of God. Because I say, if I don't get, if I don't really acquit myself to the culture of the people, my ministry will be ineffective. So that's one of the things that really I have been putting on. I know it was a bit challenging in the beginning, but I'm, as I am looking forward, Saint Mindrad has been so grateful for me, and I really, really appreciate all what they did. What was your favorite food that you've grown accustomed to now that you've been here? Wow, you you know very well, Zach. <laughs> Got to be pizza, right? No, oh no, pizza wings. <laughs> He is addicted to chicken. wings, and you know how wings no can? sauce. He just no wants sauce. traditional, traditional dry wings. Yeah, uh-huh. you know how it came because the first time when I came, uh, you know, red meat, red meat. So I remember like, ooh, that's another thing really I like with Saint Mandra because uh, during our J term after first year, they usually teach us about health, how to eat healthy. And I remember in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm a pastoralist. We keep cows, we keep goats, and I love, I love red meat. So I remember that time, I just <laughs> dive into the red meat, and I, I felt like I was not comfortable. But this nutritionist helped me really to shift from red meat to white meat. Mm-hmm. And that's one. Of that's it. <laughs> Father Paul's never happier than when he has a plate of traditional bone in 
and what he calls a liquid bread. I'll let you decide what that bread. means. Yeah. <laughs> He's never happier. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, Father Zach, um, tell us about your family, your upbringing, because I know uh, both your dad and your late mom had such an integral role in where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so growing up, and we had a pretty small family, still do, pretty small family on both sides. Um, but mom was a Catholic school teacher. So living the faith was just part of our of her daily life at work, but then she would bring that home to us as well, to my sister and I. Uh, so she really instilled in us uh, from a very young age a deep love of the faith, a deep love of Jesus. I remember we would make car trips to visit my grandma who lives in Paris, Illinois, and we would listen to uh, We Sing in the Car. I remember the little cassette tapes that basically predates VeggieTales, like VeggieTales <laughs> on cassette tape. That's basically what it was before we had VeggieTales. And we listened to all these you know, Bible songs and things. And, and uh, of course, before we'd go to bed at night, we'd pray every night. We'd pray before our meals. We'd go to Mass every Saturday night. So it was just a part of what we did. It was a part of, of our lives. She brought her work, her vocational work in, in the school, in the Catholic school setting, home to us. Uh, she taught second and third grade, depending on the year. And uh, so she was involved in sacramental prep as well. Uh, so First Communion and Reconciliation, all those things. So it was just kind of a part of her DNA. It was a part of, part of what she did and who she was. And so she really helped instill that love of the faith uh, into our lives growing up. So in some ways, that was just kind of uh, always present. But it really wasn't until I got to college where that certainly deepened. Uh, and then and my father converted to the faith after I was shortly after I was born. Uh, we were uh, parishioners at Our Lady of Lords at the time. He came into the church uh, through the RCA program when uh, Bishop Van was our pastor. And, um, and so he also had a deep faith uh, growing up and really kind of helped instill that in us as well. Uh, he, what he also gave me was a really strong idea of, of, of living a moral life, living a value-rich life, and, uh, and living a life that really gives back to, uh, to the community and somebody who's a good example of somebody who's very hardworking and involved and invested in the lives of others, specifically through his work outside of the home. And so kind of between the example uh, given by him and the way he lived his life and the example of, of my mother and specifically her deep faith and how she brought that into the home really was a good way to nurture a sense of vocation and a sense of faith and a sense of living for a higher purpose um, uh, in my life from a very young age. And, and so it was kind of rich soil, so to speak, <laughs> then when those seeds of priesthood were planted by various folks along the way, uh, the soil that was there that was already rich and, and uh, was in just further nourished by many, many people uh, through different encounters that I had growing up and, and especially then, as I've mm. said, into my college years. That's beautifully said. Yeah. Uh, Father Paul, tell us about your family, uh, similar or completely different? Well, it's it's completely different because actually I'm the baby in my family. So of how many? Of uh, we were nine, but I lost my three brothers. Oh, okay. So we are six of us. We have four sisters and me and my brother, and I am the baby in my family. I must say that you know babies are really you know I was a bit loved one and everybody. you were you were taken care of. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, I must say that uh, I, I'm so much grateful for my parents. God also has called my father, so I'm just with my mom. Uh, one thing that I can say that uh, they, they're the ones really who have introduced me to the faith, especially catechism, because as my age, I, you know, we used to have that Baltimore catechism. Who created uh, God? Created so you know they were like. When we go back, we have really to recite the creed, walking, you know, and 
everything really started at home. They are the ones who are really introduced me to the faith. And one thing that really I appreciate, uh, you know, because of my culture background, usually, you know, my father is a shepherd. And he has really, really guided me. You know, we have sheep, we have goats. And that's one of the things that really he taught me to be more prudent in making sure that not even one of them, I have to serve to make sure that every goat there, I have to take care of them. Without saying, oh, this one is lame, this one is stubborn, this one, no. Always to be there to guide everyone. And I, I, I am so much grateful to my mother because I think she's the one, you know, she's the first one, help me to make sign of cross. Mm-hmm. And also my siblings, like Rosary, if now you meet my mother, she's still putting on Rosary hmm. because they have very strong faith. These are the, you know, they are pioneers of the, you know, in, 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 our, in our Catholic Church because the consolata, the missionaries, they're the first one really who came and, you know, they, they threw that seed of faith into them and they, they, they have really helped almost all of us in our family. So, yeah. That's awesome. All right, so now let's talk about the priesthood. Again, you guys ordained back on May 28th. Father Zach, your first assignment is in Quincy. What are you looking forward to the most about the priesthood? Well, I always, when I'm asked that question, you know, the the company line is that you have to say, well, I'm most excited to celebrate Mass. You know, that's the company line. We have to say that. And we have to say that because it's true, right? That is central to our lives. That's central to to the priesthood. But it's not just central to the priesthood. It's central to our Catholic faith. I'll change it. Besides the Mass. Yeah, yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. there. Yeah, so so there's a reason why it's the company line. It's because it is so important. It is so essential. So being able to celebrate the Mass is just... Just what is what really at least for me and I'm, I know the answer is true for Paul too that what gets us excited um, but it goes beyond that it's also to be able to celebrate the other sacraments specifically when I was discerning uh, early on what really drew me especially in addition to being able to celebrate mass was to be able to celebrate sacrament of reconciliation to enter into the mud and the muck of people's lives and be the face of Christ in the, in those moments to shed a little light into the into the darkness be an instrument of that peace uh, and mercy that is needed in, in so many lives lives that Lord knows I've been the recipient of it many, many times and will be many more. Um, so being able to do that, but outside of kind of the sacramental life of the priest, um, just to be able to enter into families' lives, going into their homes and, and walking with people and accompanying people and going out to, you know, to the margins, as Pope Francis is always talking about, to really just meet those folks where they are and and be the faith, be the face of Christ in a different way, not just in a sacramental way, but in a, in a very real way, in the, in, and again, the joys and the sorrows of all that they're going through. Uh, one of the things I'm particularly excited about in Quincy um, is, is a, well, a lot of things. One, though, is really to be able to learn from uh, Monsignor Inlow, who is pastor there, and he's one of our one of our uh, uh, most successful priests in so many ways. One of the guys who's kind of been everywhere twice and <laughs> done everything twice. Uh, looking forward to, to getting to know him and learning from him and growing with him uh, and, and to the people and to the parish there at St. Peter's. I'm also very excited to be at the high school. I'm assigned to Quincy Notre Dame as well and to be involved in campus ministry there and to get to know the students and the faculty and staff there as well. I think it's a great opportunity to uh, to enter into li- the lives of, of students in a very 
pivotal part of, of their growing up years. So, and to then, in all of those moments, to be able to then receive as well and learn mm-hmm. as well and grow as well and to make mistakes and to then learn from them and make successes and learn from those too. So uh, kind of all of that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I could say 20 more things <laughs> that, well, that I'm all excited about. It's, it's always fascinating talking to priests. You mentioned reconciliation because I think some people, you know, lay people might think that might be like the least favorite sacrament. Yeah. And it's amazing how many priests I talk to who say that's their favorite Absolutely. one. Right. And, it, it, you know, it's just a reminder for all of us lay faithful to be like, you know, the priest, God wants you there. The priests want you there. Absolutely. And that's where you're going to receive uh, God's mercy. Now, Father Paul, um, okay, besides the mass, we'll, we'll say, <laughs> you what do you say that yeah, first? Yeah, yeah uh, you, you know, that, that's, what are you looking that, forward to? That, that's the center of our priesthood. You know, right. we need to celebrate the Eucharist, the sacrifice right. of mass. So, uh, but... Personally, another thing really I'm excited and I'm looking forward, like, uh, you know, Zach said, hearing confession. Mm-hmm. And what really I am so much excited is, you know, uh, if we hear about the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin, that's one of the parables that one day, you know, I preached because it touched me that really sometimes, you know, to bring people to that mercy, mercy of God, you know, we can run away from God. You know, but God is there searching for us. He is there to be for us. Sometimes we feel like we are so worse or worse, but the Lord is always there waiting for us. He's waiting for me and you. So the sacrament of reconciliation is the sacrament of love. It's a sacrament of, Mm -hmm. you know, mercy. Sacrament that which united each one of us, despite our stubbornness, despite our sinfulness, you know, that's one of the things that really I am looking forward to journey, to help the people of God, that the sacrament of reconciliation is a sacrament of grace. And they should not be afraid. They should not fear, be afraid because we need to journey together. The Lord is always waiting for us. Mm-hmm. And we can be, we can get lost in every any other thing, but we can be found mm-hmm. in the sacrament of mercy and sacrament of reconciliation. I am very much excited, you know, to work at Cathedral of Immaculate Conception. As I said in the article, you know, Cathedral is the womb of the diocese. Mm-hmm. So I am really, really excited. And as I say that, I want really to accompany the people of God to serve them, to accompany them, and to advocate for them, to be a shepherd among the sheep who God has entrusted me to. Hmm. And that's, that's the key thing, as I would like just to quote uh, Pope Francis on Synodio. You know, he spoke that we are there, we are invited to dialogue, to listen. We are there to journey together, to participate in the mission of Christ, not me only but with my parishioners, with the church. We are a church of, you know, listening, a church of moving together. Mm. So that's what I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to move with the people of God. And also, another thing I'm excited is to be with the bishop and the priest around us to strengthen our brotherhood. I'm looking forward to be part of that community. Absolutely. Yeah. Have, you, have you picked out the Wings place in Springfield yet? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll find a place. All right, we'll get you out of here on this question, uh, guys. Father Zach, when you, you look back through your journey, 
Um, and it's kind of a big question. What goes through your mind when you think back? You mentioned four years old, it popped into your head, and now here you are today. I think if I were to capture it in, in one word, I would say gratitude. Gratitude is what really speak, uh, sticks out. Gratitude to God and to and to Jesus to, for the gift of this vocation. Gratitude for my family for giving me that rich soil. Gratitude for Father John and so many other priests and lay folks for kind of nourishing that. Uh, gratitude to Bishop Apraki, Father Alford, Father House, Monsignor Heffler, and all the leadership of the diocese that uh, took me on and, and helped and helped me to strengthen me and, and form me into where I'm at now. And, uh, and, and gratitude for the seminary, for St. Minerit, for Father Dennis, our rector there, and the good work that they do for forming uh, men for the priesthood. Uh, just really what sticks out is, is a heart of gratitude for the many, many blessings and graces and ways in which so many folks supported me, prayed for me, and, and led me and formed me and shaped me uh, into, into this, uh, where I'm at now. And that's only going to, that number of people is only going to increase as I get to Quincy. So. Excellent. All right, Father Paul, what do you think, what do you think uh, when you look back on your journey? I'm so much grateful to God. That's one of the things that I'm so much grateful to God and all the people of God who have really helped me to reach the altar of God. And this is my prayer card. I picked Psalm 116, verse 12 to 13. What can I repay the Lord for his goodness to me? The cup of salvation, I will rise and call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will fulfill before his people. That is my gratitude, thanking God for the gift of priesthood. Absolutely. Excellent. Awesome, guys. Well, we're so grateful for you and your vocation and your saying yes. And here you guys are to beginning a brand new journey. Father Zach, Father Paul, thank you guys so much for your vocation. Thanks for coming on Dive Deep. Thank Thank you, you, Andrew. Thank you so much. You got it. This has been Dive Deep. If you would like more podcasts, head on over to dial.org slash podcast. And hey, say a prayer for Father Paul and Father Zach as they begin their new vocation and for all men and women who are discerning the priesthood and religious life. Until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep. Dive Deep.